Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct well, answers, and together. you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it's Showreel, the greatest little country in the world, Australian cinema. And uh, today we're going to speak to Naomi Cheney, who has made a wonderful film. But Naomi is also the person who is uh, the uh, producer of What's Happening on Monday, uh, 12-hour special broadcast at 3CR, Radio for International Day of People with a Disability. That's going to start on at 7 and a.m. and finish at 7 p.m. And that's on Monday, December the 3rd. She has been coordinating that event, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, g'day, Naomi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Well, I had the great pleasure of... Uh, having a look at your film, Gaslit. It's a 10-minute uh, short, which mm. apparently uh, had uh, its uh, premiere at the uh, the other film festival. The other film festival, yeah, which was on last weekend. Yeah, tell us all about... Uh, tell us about the other film festival first. Tell us about okay. that. Um, so this is a film festival that's specifically devoted to films uh, about disability... Um, a lot of the people who make the films are people with disability as well. It's um, supported by Arts Access Victoria. Uh, so they did a lot of the organising. Uh, most of it happened at the Malt House. And, yeah, it was uh, from, from Thursday to Saturday last week is, is when that happened. So that was very exciting. So how many films were shown, do you think? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. There were a lot of, there were a lot of shorts. Um, involved in that festival. I unfortunately didn't get to see a lot of it, um, which I uh, am a little bit sad about. I had a, I've got a lot on with the uh, with the broadcast happening on Monday. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I uh, my film was shown with a with a documentary called Defiant Lives, which if you haven't seen that yet, I, I do highly recommend seeing that one. It's about the uh, history of the disability rights movement, um, and that's a that's a, a full length film. Um, and yeah, but there was there was a lot of um, from what I could see, there was a lot of very creative short films uh, involved. So I think it was yeah, it, looked, it actually looked like a lot of films for such a short sort of festival <laughs> over over a, over a four day period. Well, I can see why I can see why your film was uh, married to Defiant Lives. Uh, mm. We've actually spoken to the people who made Defiant Lives here on mm. uh, Showreel, uh, and of course, Defiant Lives is one of these fantastic films that actually. Uh, charts how um, people with disability have uh, worked towards getting their voice, their feisty voice out there so that they're 
they're not being constantly stereotyped and and had having things done to them, as it were. That's exactly yeah. it, isn't it? It's, it's about the move towards the social model of, of disability, I suppose, yeah. um, which focuses more on, on rights as opposed to sort of services and charity. Yeah, and also the uh, um, pathologising of disability, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, your film, uh, mm. where did you get your skills for f- filmmaking? Uh, I did media studies at uni, yeah. Um, so we did a short film as sort of part of our third year project there. So I guess I had that background. Yeah, yeah. Um, so which uni was that, Deakin? Or that was at RMIT. RMIT, uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know they made period. films there. Yeah. It's not a film school as such. It's more of a sort of generalised media course. But you do make a, or at least back then we made a, we made a short film at the end of it. Um, so that's that's where, I yeah, that's that's where I got the basic skills, I guess. Uh, and I've been doing community television for, for quite a while as well, uh, so since uni, um, and I've focused a lot of that on uh, Disability Media Australia, uh, which is the, um, the organisation that used to do No Limits, which was where uh, Stella Young got her start. Yeah, on Channel 31, Mm-mm. which goes, just goes to show how important community media is in... Uh, oh, yeah. So um, what I was really taken with in this film was the level of clarity that you bring to your subject, which we will get to in a minute. The the sheer because uh, you're the writer director of this film, and yeah, yeah. there's uh, there's a tell me about that process. How did you get it to be so refined and so clear and so emotionally? Uh, it has a real punch, this film, because it's not just about uh, a person with disability uh, It's uh, who's being stereotyped. It's about stereotyping in general, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it could be broadened out that way. Um, it is It is very much uh, about how microaggressions really add up um, when you're part of a marginalised group uh, and how sort of society's assumptions really do... You know, one person might say one insensitive thing and not really think much of it, but when you're constantly on the receiving end of that and it's coming from different directions, from different levels of society, like, it, it really does add up. Um, I guess uh, I initially I actually came up with the idea because there was a, a grant available from Arts Access Victoria um, for... They were looking specifically for a female artist with a, with a disability... And I hadn't made any films since uni, and and I just thought it's a it's a small grant. I could potentially make a film with this. What you know, I, I have a disability, um, and what could I what could I do? So I started thinking of ideas, um, and I guess it's sort of yeah. I started thinking specifically about the experience of being a woman with a disability and how um, discrimination against women and discrimination against people with disabilities sort of combine and add up. So that sort of intersectional way of, of thinking about it. It's a bit like maths, you mean. So if you add two plus two, you gets uh, 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 there's this increase in uh, vulnerability and social attack. Yeah, yeah, and of course that happens with any sort of intersection of, of different kind of oppressions, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I really started thinking about how could I how could I do this in a very short space of time, and I thought, well, what if we just sort of showed those microaggressions sort of coming at you at, at at the audience, I guess, so that you're being you're being put in the shoes of the person experiencing it, um, and yeah, it was it was actually intended to be a much smaller project initially. 
it is still a short film, but it was going to be sort of much simpler, I guess. It was going to be much more about what was being said. But the, the more I was I was writing it, the more it became all right. We've got a bit, we've got to hang this on a bit more of a narrative. It was going to it's a bit of a surreal film, but it was going to be a lot more surreal when I first came up with the idea. So tell um, tell me about yeah. that process because uh, you, you've got the kernel of the idea, but. Did you, was it with uh, discussion with other people or was it a fight in your own mind as you were creating a narrative? I think, I mean, definitely there was discussion with others because uh, my experience of disability is uh, very specific and there's a very broad range of, of things that people well, experience. Well, y- y- your protagonist is actually in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, whereas my, my disability is invisible. But I think, I mean, some of the things are things that I do experience, like uh, the way she's talked down to by doctors sometimes and certain assumptions that are a little bit more broadly applicable. And I think some of the things that happen to this character are actually more likely to happen to people with intellectual disabilities. Yeah. Um, so I really was trying to uh, sort of bring together a, a broader experience than what might in reality happen to this particular character. Oh, yes. Uh, that's yeah. why I said it has such broad appeal because, yes, mm. it really does talk about... I mean, yes, your, your protagonist is in a wheelchair and it's quite mm. clear that if you can actually see... Uh, something, people have reactions. Like, for example, you know, when mm. people are in wheelchairs, apparently people in general don't talk to them. <laughs> don't they'll talk, talk to, to their face. They'll talk to the person they assume is in charge of them. Yes, that uh, sort of stuff. Whether, you know, regardless of whether that person is a friend or a partner or, you know, a carer or, you know, whoever they actually are. Or they make um, allowances. So, for example, I recently had a broken arm and when it was in a sling, people would give me space. But it takes Mm. a long time for it to heal and so it becomes an invisible injury, you know what I mean? But it's, I mean, it's much more important for people who actually, you know, it's just part of their equipment, you know what I mean? Well, I have a funny experience of this because, I mean, my disability is chronic fatigue syndrome and that's quite invisible. Um, but one time I, I fell down a staircase and my, my ankle was sprained and I needed to use crutches for a few days. And like the sprained ankle is nothing compared to like what I experience in terms of impairment on a day-to-day basis. But yeah. suddenly, because I had a crutch that, to help me, everybody was so helpful. And it was just like, <laughs> I, you know, but, but I didn't necessarily need the help because of, you know, the sprained ankle. It wasn't actually a huge deal. Um, but it was, yeah, but like in day-to-day life, sometimes I do need support, but people can't see that. So there's no accommodations made. And if you ask for accommodations, you get sort of, you know, side-eyed a little bit. Like, why would you need that? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a completely different understanding. And that's not to, uh, but, but, but there is this whole thing that I've heard about, uh, when people have, when something is obvious, then there's a certain behaviours. And so in your film, because it's a short film, you is the person who plays uh, the character uh, actually in a wheelchair? Is, was she a person uh, yes, who was disabled? Yes, that yeah, her, that's, that's her, her experience. Wheelchair. Yes. Yes. So. And we had a funny thing because she, uh, we actually first filmed it three years ago and since then she had her wheelchair updated and then we shot the pickup. So we're hoping no one notices the disparity in this is a different wheelchair now. No, I didn't. I definitely <laughs> I didn't. I don't think people will, but it's, yeah, it was a... Maybe the a, other people... that I knew, so I was, I was sort of conscious of it. Maybe that the, the continuity error would have been noticed by people who are, in, who are aficionados of wheelchairs. Maybe, yeah. She has a much nicer wheelchair now. The other one was a bit sort of clanky. Yeah. This yeah. one's very fancy. It goes up and down and, yeah, it's a good wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> she can turn on the top of a pin... 
Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> I'll just remind our listeners that they're on Showreel on 3CR and we're having a yarn with Naomi Cheney who has made this great little film called uh, Gaslit uh, and we should actually return to this notion of gaslit because mm. the commonality, you know, this common term now which is actually a throwback to the old film called Gaslight. Yes, yeah. That's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, well, in that film... Um the the main character in that would uh, turn the actual gaslights in the house up and down um, yeah. because he wanted his wife to think that she was crazy because he wanted her to be sent away to a home and he would inherit her wealth. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where the term comes from. Um, so it's used now in a much broader sense where gaslighting is really about undermining someone's sense of the own, their own reality so that they don't trust themselves, um, which gives, you know, that creates a certain power dynamic. Yeah, lack of co- yeah, it's about power and it's about lack of confidence and it's about being typed. Yeah, yeah. So I think in like broadly in terms of disability, I think people with disabilities are told, um, especially if it's a congenital disability that you've grown up with, if it's visible, people will have a lot of assumptions about what you can't do. Um, and you know, people people grow up with that. They grow up being told you can't do this, you can't do that, you're not supposed to do this. You, you know, and that that idea that you believe it if it's told to you enough times. Uh, so, yeah, what the film was really trying to capture on that level was just that this, yeah, this character has been told that since she was little what she can and can't do. And she has to really struggle against that to say, oh, I want to do this. I have a right to do this. I have a um, right to do this. Yeah. And in this, the case of this character, she wants to become a parent. Uh, and she's been told by, you know, parents, doctors, whoever, that, you know, this is a bad idea. But she's quite, you know, it's it's what she wants. But uh, also, so, yeah. it, what you do, which is so, and people have to remember that this is only in ten minutes, a space of ten minutes. You we, have we packed a lot into a very short. Film. Yeah, you have got this fantastic capacity. There's a couple of things about what you've done. You have this thing where all the decisions are being made not by her but by everybody else, and society yeah, thinks yeah. that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah, like that. There's this idea that people with disabilities can't make their own decisions, that society should be making those decisions for them. Yeah, it's amazing. The bit about the drink, oh, sweetie, yes. um, should you be drinking that? Be drinking that? Yeah, it's just sort of infantilization. That I mean, I, I witnessed this because you know, being part of the disability community, uh, a lot of my friends do have visible disabilities. I use a scooter occasionally, yeah, as well. And the way that people interact with you is very different. Um, and yeah, you, you do this. You do hear this sort of condescending tone quite a lot, and that's that's an example that you know not everyone would tell someone in a wheelchair should should you be drinking that. But you know, there's always one in the crowd who will say something like that. Well, um, you know, when you've got that sequence, uh, when she's sitting there surrounded by other people at a party, and there's nobody yeah. talking to her. I mean, any shy person would feel exactly the same as she did, right? Uh, uh, yeah, when someone just approaches you and... Well, you don't know anybody and you don't know what to do. You're socially incompetent, as they'd call it, but you actually have no way of uh, breaking, breaching the invisible barrier between uh, being a person and talking to another person, right? Because you think that for some reason or other, it, I don't know, there's all these barriers, right? But when that woman came over to her and asked her if she should be drinking the wine, I, it was like being slapped on the face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was so amazed. 
they got a bit of a gasp as well because, I mean, being the other film festival, we had sort of a, a line of wheelchair users down the front of the cinema. Um, and you could actually hear, like, and, you know, people were coming up to me and saying, that was really real, that happened to me. Oh, so, which was, You know, I mean, that was, that was gratifying because I was trying to sort of show that and make people think, what would that feel like if people were saying things like that to you? Like, it is, it is really inappropriate and it is, it is something that happens quite a bit. So, it, so yeah. this is what I wanted to know about, because you're a very good scriptwriter. I mean, for, to be able to do this, to, to create this dance uh, that uh, gets across so many things, how long mm-hmm. did it – this is what I wanted to know because that was, was so obviously real, uh, that you don't bother with any fluff. Is this all based on experience or, or stories that people have told you or what? A lot of them are. Um, it's not – I did sort of kind of bastardise them a little bit to sort of fit the narrative of this character, but um, – yeah, I, I have been in a party situation where I've seen someone, you know, be condescended to about what they're eating and drinking. Um, <laughs> so and I've, You know, uh, so the, there's a scene where she, um, you know, the, the carer's not really doing what they're meant to be doing. Oh, like yeah. I've heard, I, I, I've, heard, I've seen this sort of behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's a term sort of nightmare carer where it's, it's the carer who's sort of not really... Like, they're, they're supposed to be acting as, like, the... Well, it's a job. If you like, of the person who, you know, you're not there to kind of look after this person like a parent. You're there to be their, their, their hands, their, their feet, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they can And do they're the ones that them. are supposed to be in the control, in control. Yeah, yeah. So it's about, you know, but they, when you physically have the power to do that, and when you, like, structurally in terms of, you know, if you don't have access to other carers, if you can't just go, oh, I don't like that person, I'll have another one. Like, oh, you need options. Yeah. And um, also and that thing. Sometimes people don't have those options. They and also, what, what the person said was, nobody will believe you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was a sort of broader reference to because that was after there's an implied uh, sexual assault that happens um, towards the end of the film, and you, you know, we're, we're talking a lot with the Me Too movement and things like that now about you know we just have this habit of, of as a society of not believing women. And I think that's really compounded by disability. I think, you know, men with disability probably face this issue too where they might not be believed um, because well, of this well, infantilization that happens. We don't necessarily trust people that we don't think of as full adult people. Well, that, that, that actually interrogates the whole, the whole issue of power, doesn't it? Mm. It's inconvenient. You're not being, you know, it's inconvenient. Oh, yeah. I'll have to do something about it. Yeah, if you believe this, you have to do something about it. There's a responsibility there. If you don't take it seriously, then you can just sort of, you know, fob it off. Uh, so I think that, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So then the next thing I wanted to ask you was about the pacing. And uh, it's it like mm. I, I, impl- <laughs> I implied that it was like a dance, but it's also like a crescendo because I found myself yes, yeah. watching it and getting very, very... Uh, upset. Increasing, increasingly intense as it goes along. It's, yes. Yeah. Well, I definitely wanted to base it on. Well, sorry about that. I'm getting messages on my phone. Ah, that's um, all right. I, Just don't answer them. We're more more important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At this I'm moment. Don't be messaging me. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> sorry, what was the question? Oh no. Well, it was about it was about the uh, rhythm and uh, it became oh, a. Yes. a uh, Tell me about how you achieved that. Well, I guess the, the thought was that it would be like a song. Yeah, um, cool. So I wanted it to really feel like it was um, sort of slowly slowly building up to this 
I mean, I had in my mind that uh, there's a shot towards the end where she's sort of in the shower and she just has this sort of scream where it's just everything is too much and she's just got to get it out. Mm. Um, and I guess everything in the scripting was kind of building up to that. Yeah. was the way that I thought of it. And then there was, there's the kind of denouement at the end. So, yeah. So how much of the scripting and the result, how, how close are they? Fairly close. Yeah. Um, there were some things that got moved around a bit because uh, the way it was originally, we had some of the more intense stuff happened a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was uh, my my cinematographer who did an amazing job. He, I sort of got, I got people to give feedback on the rough edits. Um, and one of the things he said was pacing-wise, you know, we're sort of going from zero to ten a bit fast okay. in the beginning. So we kind of worked on, on the pacing a little bit in that. So it's collaborative. And who did the editing? Uh, I did. <laughs> ah, right. So, and that gives you a lot of control, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to me about this. Uh, are there any, people going to get an opportunity to see this? Is it going to go on YouTube or is it going to, are you going to do, show it in other ways? Because it's a terrific film. Yeah, well, my plan initially is to try and get it into a few more festivals. Yeah, good show. Um, so I will, I'll hold off on putting it online for now. But yeah, eventually it, it will be on YouTube, I assume. Yeah. So, so what's now that you've just broached that? What are the other opportunities, festival-wise? I'm just sort of starting to research it now, so I can't really give a, a full answer to that. I think I'm also, as this is my first film as well. I think I need to get advice from people. Um, I, I'm looking at the St Kilda Film Festival at the moment. So that oh, that's a good idea because yeah. the entries have opened and it's early, early, early bird rates, thirty-five dollars. It's good timing. Yeah, yeah it's good timing. <laughs> Yeah, because that's a, that's a good uh, thing. Let's move on to uh, what you're doing on Monday here at 3CR. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's International Day of People with a Disability on Monday. Um, and I've basically, yeah, I've been working at 3CR for the last few months. We've just been um, working with uh, regular show producers who, who happen to have a disability uh, and bringing in a few people from outside who have who've done community media before. And we're just, yeah, we're going to, from 7am to 7pm, we're going to talk about all sorts of different things related to disability. Uh, so there'll be a few live performances. We're going to have some more serious stuff in, during breakfast. Um, uh, the music for the day will all be by disabled artists. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting day. Oh, well, I must say that... Um a couple of uh, years ago, I put together a program because it fell on uh, one of my days, and mm. uh, I was uh, I went uh, all the links between were from we've got uh, at three CR we've got uh, a music uh, music generated by disabled artists in our. Um, Dinner set yeah, arrangements. Yeah, they and, sort of put that together over time because yeah. they've done international. Oh, you guys have done international day of people with disability a few times before. With, with oh no, no, that that it's yeah. one of our. Uh, it's like International Women's Day, and it's yeah, one of our commitments. Yeah. It's it's an important day. We consider yeah, it to be yeah. an important day. There's no two well, ways I'm, about I'm it. Kind of, I'm kind of the new kid on this. I think 3CR has done it many times before. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it, but but uh, as I said, it's an important it's an important thing. It's a p- important mm. day, and. Mm. Uh, Everybody's waiting with great interest to the wonderful stuff that you've put together and all the others have put together around these issues. But all I was really getting at was that uh, it gave me the opportunity to uh, listen to a whole range of music. And I was really blown away at uh, how great uh, the music is because it's... Mm. um, 
not because I didn't think it would be. What I meant was that it was quirky and really interesting, uh, interesting music, more interesting in lots of ways than uh, music that people would consider to be put together by people without disability. Um, you know what? I think there's two reasons for that. Yeah. Um, and one of them is that there's a lack of accessibility into the mainstream. Yeah. So you don't, a lot of artists with disabilities aren't getting that same sort of studio treatment. Yeah. Where you're kind of packaged into what's yeah what everybody expects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's um, well, there's disadvantage in that. There's also freedom in that. So there ends up being a lot more creativity. And I also think like life experience. Like artists are always informed by life experience, and obviously disability creates a lot of experiences that you know the majority of the population don't have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it creates a different. Um, vibe, different vibe, a different feeling. Yeah, and it and variety, a lot of variety. Mm, mm, definitely. Yeah, which is really great. And so um, I know that uh, there's people who, like you say, people with a variety of uh, broadcasters here who identify as disabled who've mm. contributed. But have you brought you've brought some other people in too, haven't you? Because I saw Finn who uh, used to do uh, a program on 3CR, but as uh, people might have noticed, he seems to have. Uh, shot into the um, stratosphere on Channel 31. Uh, yeah, so he was, um, I think he's actually more involved in, in 3CR now than 31, actually. Oh, right. Um, yeah, Come back. That's, 31 is where I met Finn. Uh, yeah. We used to do No Limits together. Uh, but, yeah, he still does He still does the boldness, I think. he's. Uh, I'm not sure if he does every episode, but he generally comes in to, for, for the boldness still. Anyway, he's uh, doing yeah, the breakfast. He'll be, he'll be doing breakfast, yes. And he's um, a hoot. He's great. He's very, very funny. Yeah, he's, he's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to I hadn't seen him for a while, so it was nice to see him. And yeah, what what yeah. are the other highlights that people should be looking out for? Uh I think one that I'm really excited about is we're talking about um well speaking of, of Gaslit actually, my the actress who plays the protagonist is actually hosting um the the second show that's on the day after breakfast uh which is about parenting and disability so that's that's oh. nicole smith yeah so did she achieve her aim uh not yet it's sort of a an agony aunt style uh show i guess where she's asking advice from from two women who who have become parents already and uh have sort of similar situations where they're they they're wheelchair users and and you know so what's what sort of advice could can she get from those guys oh how fascinating um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I was there for the recording of that, so I'm quite excited about about the response to that one. I think it was very good. Well, I got to help out with a program, and it's uh, uh, are you uh, looking at me? They, yeah, right. yeah, with Liz, yeah. and uh, they they're talking. She was talking to some um, uh, activists from uh, elders, basically, uh, and yes. continuing. And so that's an interesting discussion as well. Yeah, it's over time. I haven't heard this one yet, so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, good luck, and thanks for talking to me today, and thank you for letting me see your film because I was really impressed. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much, Naomi. Yes, don't don't be square. Turn up. Uh, listen to Three C Art on Monday. 7 to 7, Disability Day, uh, International Day of People with Disability. i just uh, tell you that uh, uh, an in- important piece of information that Nicholas Rogue, uh, who uh, was the man who was the director of uh, Walkabout, 
died, a, a director of a whole range of other things. He was also the director of um, The Man Who Fell to Earth with David Bowie, uh, quite a few other influential films. He died recently. Uh, he's One of his uh, pieces of his sound is actually from Walkabout, is in the entrance of uh, the opening piece for uh, Showreel. So I thought it was... The other uh, director that died was... Uh, Bertolucci, so on, on, uh, he uh, is the man who who did um, Last Tango in Paris, so it's been uh, uh, a bad week for directors. <laughs> Coming up next is uh, Published or Not, and uh, I am saying goodbye for this week. <laughs> You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.